Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 How do we find freedom from the things that weigh us down? Strikers, let's find out next on The Mighty Anvil. you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution, and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. 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 I'm like popping on this microphone as so I'm trying to move. Gotcha. Yeah. Trying to figure that popping out. Reminds me of uh, that kid that asked me about my car. Hey, does that car pop? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm 51 years old. I don't know what popping means in a car. But. Does it have a nice sound system? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's pimping, though. It is. Yeah. Is that what it is, pimping? Well, we know uh, what pimping. Oh, we're, yeah. okay. we're old, old enough school. to know what that I, means. I don't know what pimping means anymore, though. <laughs> could be something else. I'll it look up the urban dictionary here pretty soon. Right. You never know. Alan, you want to bring in the brushing? Yeah, so uh, for the brushing this week, uh, well, not this week, but for the brushing, we have a cornhole tournament going on at Rock Creek Church, and it is happening on June the 26th. Yep. There'll be a link in the, uh, in the show notes. Uh, the proceeds to that will go to Rock Creek's ministry on expanding their church in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And uh, so uh, let's uh, play some cornhole and help them out. Yeah. Well, uh, Strikers, I, we have some special guests on today. One, I don't, kn- I don't, honestly, I'll be honest with you, I don't know them as, that, as well. Hopefully that turns around and I can get to, get to, know, get to know them a little bit uh, here in the future. Uh, but when it comes to what we're talking about this week, freedom, and the class that is freedom, uh, we've got the leaders of freedom. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a lot of hard work that goes into that and what it entails yeah, it's we're going to find out today. But uh, I want to uh, introduce the strikers to the Honeycuts, Jennifer and James. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much Thanks, for having Scott. us. They also lead uh, the KLLP course too. Yes, yeah. yes, we do. And we might have another uh, show next season. I think so. <laughs> right on. For sure. So uh, this is a co- we value core values here. We value core values here. Having some fun with words today, overusing them. Um, we like to have our guests talk about their top three core values. If you want to go further than that, I'm good with that as well. Um, yeah, so I'll let James take that up. Perfect. So we have our own core values. We're in the process of developing our family core values. Even though we've lived by core values and our kids know what those actually are, and we kind of all abide by them. Now, we all have them in separate order, and honestly, they change over time. Um, it sounds interesting that the core value is going to change, but you just refine them. Mm-hmm. So uh, my top three would be honor, generosity, and probably legacy. And legacy is a newer one just because in my 30s and 40s, I don't know that I was really focused on what I'm leaving behind. You turn 50, it becomes a priority. Mm-hmm. It becomes something you're really laser focused on. What what do I want to leave on this earth? Uh, biggest thing is our kids 
what is their life going to be like? How is that going to be? I want them to be able to build on the shoulders of giants. Yes. And if you want your kids to be able to build on shoulders of giants, you kind of have to be a little taller, stand a little taller. So yeah. those, those are kind of the ones that, uh, that are foremost in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I share all three of those with you. Um, love, well, I got love, honor, legacy, perseverance. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> Jennifer, how about you? How you know, my uh, top three is actually um, honor, generosity, and love. So, you know, I feel like if you are honorable, you are a generous person and you love others uh, right where they need to be. So try and live that life. I'm trying not to say right on, but it was going to be happening. I, I got some <laughs> feedback. Scott, you do right on quite, quite a bit. Well, right on with those core values. So y'all are working on the core values for the family, mm-hmm. and are they are they shared the ones that y'all have, or are they different? And do the kids put in on that? They're all shared, and our kids are seventeen, nineteen, and almost twenty-five. So for them, it would be us giving them their core values. That's not how our family really works. Gotcha. Um, our kids worship their God, not our God. So that they have a relationship with Him. So that when they leave the house. We don't have to worry about them falling away from church because their relationship is their relationship. Nice. Same thing with core values. They have to have input into what their core values are. Uh, like I said, we've lived them. I, our kids could spout off 10 core values that we live by. Uh, what's going to be important to them is kind of important to them moving forward. Just the, the ability to be able to set them for themselves and to help their family set them. And that's kind of the goal. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that you mentioned that they have their own relationship with God. How did you instill that in them uh, growing up? Uh, so I think a couple of things that we did is we introduced into our kids uh, men that would speak into their lives. We have three boys. So we introduced men that would speak into their lives so that they could have a different voice outside of mom and dad because, as Scott pointed out earlier, they don't always listen to mom and dad. Right. Um, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's more like, okay, great. They're going to be hearing roughly the same thing just through a different lens. Uh, it taught them to think, and we've always taught them to think for themselves. Uh, it's more about critical thinking, not about what to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about how you actually determine what you're looking for. Uh, we've modeled uh, Christianity in our house most of the time. We've modeled what that doesn't look like, too, so they can learn both ways. Uh, but it, it's been more of a, how do, how do you think for yourself? What do you really want out of your life? How do you actually think about that? And that's kind of how it, it was with their relationship with the Lord. It's like, okay, great. Here's our relationship. What's yours going to be? Man, I love that that's perspective. Good. Yeah, I like that. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, Jennifer, do y'all have a core scripture of the family? Um, you know, it's, I was thinking about this when you asked earlier, and actually it came up in a study that I was doing this week. Um, and James used to, you know, lay in the bed with all the boys when they were young, and he would teach them this scripture. And I would love it if you would say it, James, because it's the one that the boys always quote, and they know it so well, so you say it. Well, they're going to know it, too. Yeah. So it's Second Chronicles 16, 9, yeah. the Lord searches the earth to and fro, looking for those that will prove themselves loyal to him so that he may show himself strong in their lives. The second half of the scripture is what most people don't know, and it's, and in this, Asa, you have done poorly. Uh, Asa was a king that didn't quite abide by what God was telling him. And so the follow-up to this is 10 says, and for the rest of your days you will have war. 
So the first part of the scripture is awesome because God is looking for us to show our, to, to be faithful to him, to be loyal, to be totally dependent on him so that he can show himself strong in our lives. Mm-hmm. That's awesome and it's, it's inspiring. The second part of the scripture says, wait a minute, there may be a penalty if I don't yeah. because Asa had one. So it's, it's just one of those things that, you know what, somebody's always watching. God is always watching. So it doesn't matter whether you're alone, whether you're with a group of people, somebody's always watching your behavior. Are you going to be, are you God's or are you not? And are you going to stand strong in that? Are you going to waver on the line? Are you going to really stand true to who God created you to be mm-hmm. and walk that out even in the difficult times, even when your friends are watching, even when you're going to stand apart and it's going to be uncomfortable? That's been the theme of the day is someone's always watching. Uh, we talked a little bit about that with that jo- with Josh today. Yeah. Mm. Someone is always watching. He's got a little one that's always watching. <laughs> yes, he does. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get into freedom. And when, when we're setting up, first off, I want to ask, how did you step into the role of leadership in freedom? Okay. Well, it's a great story because um, I had heard about a group of people that were going to go to um, the church in Birmingham, Alabama, that created it with Pastor Chris Hodges, Church of the Highlands. And I thought, I would love to do that. That sounds so interesting. Can I come along? And they're like, sure, come with us. Well, I really didn't even know what I was saying. Can I come along too? Um, I just had heard a little bit about it, and I thought that sounded interesting. So when we got there, it was for their conference. And we hadn't done the class or anything yet. So we all thought that we were going to come in and take notes and see how it was run. And is this something we wanted to bring back to our church? Well, the minute we walked through the door and sat in those seats, we were buckled up and on the ride. We were actually going through the process because God just took us there immediately, even though we had not gone through the 12-week process yet. So I learned so much within those two days of what my heart and my desire, not only for myself, but everybody around me that I wanted, I was on fire. So as soon as I got back to the church, I was like, absolutely, we need to do this. How can we get started? What do we need to do? And before I knew it, they said, you're the developer, you direct it, you create the whole thing. And I just submerged myself into every single thing that I could get my hands on from Church of the Highlands, you know, via video, YouTube, all of that stuff. It's interesting. So you said that uh, you got to kind of mold it into your thing? Yes. Well, and I kept the structure the same as Church of the Highlands, but of course we have our imprint from, you know, our church Elevate Life. And I wanted to make sure that we stood on the the ground of what freedom was, but there's always a personality that comes along with that. So each and every conference actually has its own personality. What were the imprints that ELC put on for freedom? Well, I mean, I think the the one true thing that I really feel is, you know, every individual that goes through it has a unique imprint. And I want them to feel like when they go into that freedom class that they are learning uniquely about themselves what that information in those books is supposed to be talking to them. And then when they come back into the conference, it is an individual thing that God is speaking to them, working through them. Um, And it's just, it's a beautiful thing to watch. James, what have you seen that works uh, in the classes? Have you led a class? Like seven. Like seven? Because I'm going to say if she's leading the whole thing, <laughs> stepping He's up is kind of... an amazing partner. <laughs> right on. There yeah. we go. So um, I took it, we took it together once, and then um, for the last seven times, I've led a group with uh, Rod, and hands down, the class is absolutely amazing. And I don't call it a Bible study because it has nothing to do with a Bible study. 
it is a just a totally different way of looking at your relationship with God. And it's, it's Jen used the word process. It's a 12-week process. And it's, it's about growing. It's about learning more about yourself. It's about being a healthy you. And that's kind of what the class was. And I forgot the question entirely. No, it was, uh, what are some things that you've seen that work that might not be oh. in other classes? So there's a, there's a prescribed way to do freedom. And, I mean, Pastor Hodges has done an amazing job. Um, you can walk into our class and take it, and you can take it with somebody else, and you'll be wondering if you're in the same class. Uh, because it does have to do with personality and dynamic and how you actually get the information and your own personal study. Um, so it, it, as long as you submit to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, we're welcoming you in. We want you to do your work. Uh, it doesn't really matter entirely how it goes. Our class is different than somebody else's. As long as you don't take it upon yourself to teach somebody and you let the Holy Spirit do their work. Right, and that's what I was saying. The whole foundation is really prayer. Yep. So what you can see in every one of the groups, they may have food, they may not have food. They may discuss seven questions and another group may discuss three. But like James said, the Holy Spirit's flowing through it and the foundation is prayer. So every night... Um, they attend the first few. It's corporate prayer. Then they break up with the leader and the co-leader. And individual, let's say there's 10 people in the class, five go with the leader, five with the co-leader. By week five, you're in individual prayer every single week. And that is setting you up for learning how to connect with the Holy Spirit, hearing your voice in prayer, building that muscle so that you're not afraid to pray out loud. And you're also able to hear the Lord and what he's saying to you. So that by the time that you get to the conference, you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm prepared. That was one of the hardest things for me is uh, I think my gift is the power of belief. As long as someone else is praying, when I, when I start praying, I start feel like I'm tripping on words and stuff. So that was one thing that did get me out of my comfort zone, and I am thankful for that. That's awesome. Uh, still working on that and yeah. still exercising that muscle so that yeah. one day I can, uh, I can be strong in that. Alan? Your most recent time through Freedom, what did you feel God was working on with you during Freedom? As an individual? Yes. Well, every time, so this will be my 10th time through Freedom. And every single time, God gives me a song at the beginning to resonate with me through the 12 weeks and I also bring that into the conference generally and then he also says okay this time we're working on and I'm like really what I thought we'd already done that I, I thought we did this work um, and this last time it was really about the relationship with my dad and what that was like and where it had been where it had come from and what the fruit of that healing that had taken place, moving that forward for other people to see. James, what about you? This last time, so at uh, at about the midpoint through, Janet asked me to speak at the celebration um, on anger. And I said, honey, why, why would I speak on that? Because I don't know anything <laughs> about the topic, really. <laughs> I was like, she laughed just like that. <laughs> she was like, really, nice. I have no time for this. Uh, so, you know, God, is he's got a sense of humor. Um, he put something in my life that I'm dealing with an issue that previously, probably 20 years ago, I would have dealt with it a much different way. And uh, I, my initial inclination was, if you ever crossed me, that's probably not what you wanted to do. Today, uh, my initial inclination is still, that's not what you want to do. That's your default. But yeah. how I handle it is just totally different than yeah. I did 20 years ago. What's a tool that you use to handle it? 
Uh, I talk to my wife a lot. <laughs> no, the, the thing we is... We pray the, together. We pray. you got to turn it over to the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And you just got to sit there and say, you know what? I've prayed for peace on this. I pray for love. I pray for compassion. I pray that this person really is blessed. That's something I was not going to do 20 years ago. Um, got to pray for the people that may or may or may not have wronged you, but however you see it in your eyes. And then I just pray for myself to say, you know what? I'm going to be who I'm going to be no matter who somebody else is. Right. And so that was... That was a and big really thing in freedom. Emulating living out of the tree of life. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't talk a lot about the first week video when people are signing up because hands down that is the number one video throughout the twelve weeks that people are like, Wait, what? What just happened? And I don't even want to say what they see in the video because I want people to really have that first impression. But it is a constant reminder of us to live out of the tree of life Mm -hmm. and to go back to that tool but there's verbiage around it now so are we going to live out of the tree of life we're going to live out of the tree of knowledge and good and evil and it's it's just such a great visual for people i'm just going to say i like hanging out in the the knowledge part it seems where i'm most at uh yeah that was a that was a different way of looking uh the tree of life and the relationship it's built on the relationship of god Mm mm-hmm what would you tell somebody that's on the fence about taking freedom? They've heard about it. They've, you know, they're like, eh, I'm not really sure if it's for me. Well, I'll just say somebody did just ask me that not that long ago. And I just looked at them and I said, do you feel that you're still in a process that you're still learning and growing and developing? And they're like, well, yes, of course. And I said, and that's exactly what the freedom class is. And it's really, it's not a Bible study. And I really don't even use the term class. It is a life transforming, uh, tool giving process. And, you know, she looked at me and she said, yeah, but I don't really have X, Y, Z major problems. And I said, you don't today but you don't know if you will tomorrow. And you wanna be so solid in your walk with Christ, have your tools in your tool belt sharpened and ready to go, and you know, always be developing and learning and growing, plus the relationships that you develop in there. You know, you'll always have for the rest of your life. Kind of on the same, same question, a little, little different, because I actually have someone that is not just reluctant and like, why should I do this? Uh, this person is actually kind of defiant. Uh, they're like, you can't take, you can't make me take a class. Why am I having to do this? Right. And, uh, you know, I give them my story and you know what I got out of it. And so what would you tell someone who's kind of reluctant? Maybe we found something that that person needs a little freedom from. (laughs) How well do you know the person? Uh, pretty good. Mm. If I know you fairly well, I'm going to tell you this is a life-changing way of looking at your relationship with God. Hands down. Most revelational piece outside of the Bible that I have probably Mm -hmm. seen or heard in the last 15 years. And if they're on the fence, then, I mean, lovingly, I would say to them, what are you afraid of? What are you concerned that might come up? And it's not that they have to tell me their deepest, darkest secrets, but it sets a seed in them to look internally, to ask themselves that. Well, what is it that I really don't want to do that? Is it the time commitment? Is there something I don't want to talk about? And God, you know, will bring that up for them. Um, 
and even I mean people have come up to me hundreds and hundreds of people and said I really was reluctant to do this I didn't really know what it was about but I can't believe after week two I was so bought in and so excited I was there so I kind of tell the people those stories to give them encouragement right on I'm kind of looking forward to the 180 degree turnaround on on this and see what they're out takeaways are yes once they come through freedom absolutely it's like uh so and i'll, I'll probably ask him so we have a little control issue we need to i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> it's fear you know it really comes down to fear because none of us want to give up control and especially you know a lot of people have not talked about some of the topics ever to anybody else mm-hmm. in life and they're heavy and they're hard and um that makes them scared because they have to have intimacy so can y'all tell a story or share a story, obviously no names, that you saw the biggest wow moment from a person? If I can name a name. You can name a name. Absolutely. <laughs> right on. It, it's uh, Jennifer Honeycutt. Oh, okay. Um, so it was two Freedom Conferences ago. Uh, Jenna decided that she was going to be very intimate and share some of her um, it's not well it's part of her, her history it's part of something she might have considered her darkest areas of her past and that's hard and just seeing her grow through that and go through that and being able to share some of that with a group of people that you have no idea you're putting yourself out there you're going to be judged regardless of whether you want to be or not and just to have the level of humility to approach it that way and just say, you know what, I'm leaving it all out there and God's going God's to gonna do with it what God's going to do with it. And so I saw a powerful change in my wife in the freeing of being able to tell somebody that. Mm. And so this last conference, she did it with more gusto and more power. And I think it had a bigger impact this time than it did last time. Not necessarily on her this time, but on the people. Um, and I don't know if she'll share the, the text that she got from a young lady, but just the power when you let go of who you are and all the stuff you have in your past and you use that as an example for somebody else, even though it's scary, even though it, you, you're, you know you're going to be judged, that is true power. So where have you experienced the most growth for yourself through freedom? <laughs> like every area of my life? <laughs> Uh, every every time I go through it, I'm sitting there, okay, well, great, we got that out of the way. Even leading the class, more so leading the class because you have to prepare every week. Mm-hmm. Um, God works on me on something different every time. It, it's fascinating whether it was on my supposed anger issues that I'm not sure I had, <laughs> that I'm quite sure I had, um, to uh, being able to forgive myself for stuff in the past, to be able to help get over the death of my father to i mean it's just revelational and it meets you where you're at every time and it's got the holy spirit's got something for you i sit there and think well why didn't i get this last time well because you were working on something else it's like the layers of an onion there's a lot there there's another one today yeah and we had onions (laughs) earlier (laughs) and there's layers um before we uh, come back to jennifer on what she uh, got out of or saw someone get out of. Uh, let's pay some bills right now. And uh, Strikers, we'll be back in a second. All right, Strikers, welcome back. Um, 
we are talking about freedom today. The uh, Jennifer didn't say class or a book book study. What'd you call it? It's really a life transformation and a process that you go through. But you know what's so cool about it is, even though it's twelve weeks long, it doesn't end there. And it shouldn't end there. And like we ask you for your Bible, don't put that in your drawer. Don't put your freedom book in your drawer. This is a tool that you use consistently throughout your life that you can go back and reference. Or maybe there's a different area in your life that you're working on and you might not be in a class, but you still have that tool to help you through it. Nice. Do you have a story that stands out from? Well, I was just going to piggyback on um, what James shared earlier. And I was going to read you this um, text. So just to set the story up a little bit, like James said, I had shared some stuff um, a couple of years ago starting out in the conference. And now we've done nine conferences, so I didn't start sharing this out in the beginning. And, you know, God has taken me on the journey to be able to do that. Um, And this last time when I was talking about this specific um, incident from my past, I walked into a Bible study this week and I got this private message sent to me. And she said, I want to thank you for keeping me from making a huge mistake back in November with your testimony at Freedom. I have nine weeks left until I meet my new baby girl. I'm so thankful. Have a blessed day. So for me, putting myself out there, my whole heart and desire is for, and I have this ring on that I always wear that I had made in Israel, allow me, God, to be the tool to see others walk in freedom. And that's my whole passion and desire. And right there, that was that was walked out and shown. It's amazing. Yes. So you guys talked about the freedom celebration uh, at the end of the twelve weeks. What would you say is your favorite part of the celebration? Is there a favorite part of the celebration? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, it's um, after every section that somebody gets up and speaks on. We do prayer and. My favorite part of it is standing there praying with someone about their deepest, darkest thing and seeing the impact that it has and just their ability to let it go. Um, I cannot tell you how many people come and think I don't have anything to pray about. (laughs) And then they walk right up to you and the Holy Spirit does a work in them right there. And they got 15 things to pray about and they break down and it. It's not fun to see somebody break down and cry. It's somebody. It's great to see someone submit themselves to the Holy Spirit and just let it go. And that's powerful. Yes. And I would say just for me, um, two things. The minute they come into the sanctuary, the Holy Spirit's there. The energy is there. It's like nothing they've ever experienced before. We're all prayed up. We're ready to go. And we know what's going to happen. So we are so in anticipation for them and the excitement and the energy and then after the conference the people that have come up to me and said I didn't even know what this was supposed to be about but I am so thankful that I went through this because yes when I went up for prayer the releasing and the freedom and the weight that's lifted um, I had a girl come up to me a couple weeks ago and said I've gone through freedom twice the first time I was in the conference I couldn't even really pray about the things I needed to so I know that I needed to work through it again and I went to this conference and I released it all and she goes I'm a different person I'm walking out my life differently I'm so much lighter Um, And that just brings me such joy to see that. I'm just curious now, uh, hearing all the people that have said that it's changed their lives. Has anybody walked away saying, why did I go through that? 
I have never experienced, and in our family, we don't ever say never and always, but for this case, I have never experienced anybody come up to me and say, I don't know why I went through that. I didn't get anything out of it. But I will say on the other side of that, like anything, whatever you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And God's not going to leave you um, with nothing. He's always going to instill in you. But we have to do our part, right? So when he does speak to you and when he does share things with you and you get stuff throughout the week in your homework, you have to walk those things out. So if you decide to go back to where you were in the beginning, then my recommendation is keep walking through freedom, keep coming through the classes until you really surrender. Right on. So what did you learn about yourself during and after freedom? I think you learn something different every time. I think that um, you learn that you are an onion and there are things in your past that you may or may not realize have an effect on you today. And as you go through the study, you find something different and think, I had no idea I had that going on. Um, but it's it's every time I learn that you if you know it and you deal with it, you're free from it. And this is the best way to get in there and actually figure out what is it I've got going on in my past. What about you, Jennifer? Can you repeat the question? Sure, please? sure. What did you learn about yourself during and after freedom? Um, well, the first time I learned when I was going up for prayer in Alabama, there was a section on anger. And I really don't do anger. I'll do sadness or frustration. But anger for me just really wasn't a tool that I felt like I was using. So, and I know there's healthy, good anger, but I felt like I didn't really know about, I didn't really have that. So when I was walking up there, I just said, okay, I'm just going to have them pray for me, whatever's led on their heart. And in that quiet time, which is why we tell people, you know, don't talk and be in that quiet space with the Lord when you're walking up for the prayer. God said, yes, you are angry. You're angry that your husband was gone for all those years. You're angry that you were doing this by yourself. You're angry that you had the weight of that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't realize that. But you know what? I was able to articulate it through the Lord showing me that and then having someone pray for that for me so that now here we are, fast forward, 10 you know, freedom conferences later, I can go back to that and say, okay, is that what I'm feeling? Is that what I need to still deal with? Is that something I need to communicate with to my husband? And it's given me the strength and the tools to do that. Let's talk about if the people who are listening to this and don't really go to ELC right. or... How do they get in contact with setting this course up? What are some, well, let's start there. How do they do that? In a different church? Yes. So um, Church of the Highlands is great. I mean, they absolutely love helping all churches in all areas, um, and they're set up to do that. I as well am set up to do that. I've helped other churches come on board with it, you know, help them get their material. I've gone in and done trainings for them. So whatever they feel, if they're local, they're more than welcome to get in touch with me if you want to give them my information. Um, otherwise, they're more than uh, welcome to call Church of the Highlands in Birmingham as well. And let's talk about the structure of the, uh, <laughs> the life-changing moment. I don't know. I'm trying to catch that what you were throwing out there as far as what we call it because I don't want to call it book study because I do think it is more valuable than that. Um, but how, how is the structure through the, the course 
and then if we can talk about the structure of the celebration as well. Okay. Well, you have a leader and a co-leader, and you really need to have someone leading it that has been through the process. We do not have anybody lead freedom until they have gone through it and they see fruit through that in their lives. Because from my heart, I don't want to set anybody up that's not ready, and I don't want them to be exposed if they're still dealing with some stuff. Um, that they haven't kind of overcome in that area because listen we're all dealing with stuff every day all the time but we want to have a solid foundation under them and we also want to protect them from the people that are coming into the groups because there's a lot of weighty stuff that people are going to be bringing in we want them to be prepared and prayed up and have all their tools sharpened to be able to you know walk through that process so you have already gone through it to be a leader then you have a co-leader that comes underneath you and they support you they help you get out information to the people in the groups they help you in prayer so they as well even though it's called co-leader have to be strong in their walk so they've already gone through freedom they um, have a good solid prayer life because they are going to be doing individual prayer through the 12 weeks. Um, and I really feel that 10 is the sweet number for the people in the group. I've tried more. I've tried less. Um, 10 is a great intimate number that you can get through the material and you can also have enough time to have prayer at the end by week five. So you're not there till midnight praying. <laughs> gives everybody an opportunity to share too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, on that point. Um, so the last class that I led with Davin. Right. Um, I was concerned we had four people. Right. And the the other two classes, the other two groups that I was a part of, uh, we had 10 and 12. Okay. And some feedback from me is I found it more interesting with four people. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the reason was because even even with 10, I saw a couple of people that would hide. Right. You would have to draw that out of them to move forward. But there is no room to hide with four people. Right. So... It was funny. The first two weeks, I was like, man, this I'm sad. I want more people in right. here. But uh, there was a reason why there was four. Absolutely. And, and God will put in their groups. I tell people all the time, just like yourself, when you had four, God will put in there who he wants in there. And I would love it to have four or five people. But that means that people need to step up and lead mm-hmm. and co-lead and give this gift to others that they can't just hold on to it for themselves. Yeah, Strikers, let's share this. Uh, so let's talk about uh, the structure of the celebration and why it's important and all that good and fun stuff because it is a it's a nice little party at the end. Absolutely. Well, you know, and here's the thing: you're preparing the leader and co-leader themselves as well as the attendees in their groups for that time. So they're getting prepared for 12 weeks, and as soon as they walk in, there's eight sections that we do in a two-day uh, conference, and we have baptism and we take um, communion. Um, And it's structured so that you are releasing in those areas and that you are putting back in the word of God to stand on and speak those declarations over yourself. You said something there that whatever you're removing, you need to put something back in, right? Right. It's important to know what you're putting back in because if there's something empty, if there's a hole there, it will be filled with something. Absolutely. uh, That's pretty powerful. Uh, the, The prayer at the end or through each section, I don't know why I find that interesting and well for me it was kind of a challenge uh like you were saying james is you know some people like i don't have anything to pray about when i went through that first time i was like i'm good man i mean i'm I'm pretty close to perfect so i don't know what what we're talking about here pride the first section oh there we go maybe need to go back through and get uh get some release of that pride but can you uh, expand a little bit on the prayer 
the prayer piece yep. individually at the in, Okay, so there's each yes, section. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yap you. No. <laughs> yes, no, ma'am. No, yes, I tell no, my kids, <laughs> don't yap anybody in here. I just yap somebody. I yep. apologize. It's okay. I love it when yep. we catch it on ourselves because then we can help our kids. <laughs> um, they come up. We dismiss them by row at a time, and they come up for individual prayer in each section. So let's say the section's on shame. So we ask the people that are praying when someone comes up, they're going to be nervous. They're not going to really know what they want to pray about. Maybe God hasn't really downloaded something yet. So you have to be able to clearly hear from the Holy Spirit and say to them, what can I pray for you that the Lord is showing you in this section of shame? And give them a clear launching pad because a lot of people still are in a season of, I don't want to talk about that. Why don't I expose myself on that? Or I don't even know you. You're not my leader or my co-leader. You're somebody I've not been with for 12 weeks. So we know that the Holy Spirit makes it an environment that's safe, comfortable, and they have that launching pad that they're asked that question, and then they can really hear from the Lord what they're supposed to be releasing. Instead of, can you pray for my grandmother? Can you pray for my child? You know, it's not about that. Mm. This is really, I tell people when I get up there, I want you to be selfish. I want you to understand that everything in the world will still be there when you leave. This is a time for you, for you and the Lord to spend together and grow intimately. James, uh, you know, we've discussed about or we've mentioned it a couple of times on listening to the Lord or listening to the Holy Spirit. Uh, what would you tell someone who doesn't know how to hear that or that they don't believe that they can't they do hear that? Uh, what's a kind of a process that or something you could tell them? So the only thing I really tell somebody when they take the freedom class is to be open. And I, I don't even I don't even know that I tell them to be open to the Holy Spirit. I just tell them to be open. Think about this as a new way to look at your relationship with God. And that's what all I tell them. Um, because sometimes, well, I don't understand how to... You know what? If you get them in the atmosphere, the Holy Spirit will do what he's got to do. Nice. Okay. Uh, it's the same thing with the people that come in with a closed mind or don't do their homework. You know what? The Holy Spirit gets most of those people, too. <laughs> he's good that way. When you ask the question, is there somebody that's ever come away not getting something for freedom? Or why did I even take that? I don't know it. I'm sure there is. Um, as Jen said, what you get in, what you get out of it is probably what you put into it. Uh, even though I think the Holy Spirit will convict most of them. Nice. And I would say too, just if I can add to that, just about the Holy Spirit. If you don't know the Holy Spirit yet, or someone says, "I don't know that I can hear from the Holy Spirit," or "I don't really know what that is," that's such a great opportunity for that leader, which is why we talk to them about the Holy Spirit so much, is that it's your friend. He's there with you. He's there loving and guiding you and leading you. And if you allow yourself just to be open as you pray, then you'll be able to hear him. And it's nothing scary. It's nothing weird. We back it up with biblical, you know, um, verses. And really, because there are a lot of, you know, people in your groups that are all different walks of life in their walk with Christ, in how long they've been in the church. Um, and they may not know that language yet. And I used to say, well, it's kind of like Jiminy Cricket is to Pinocchio. And somebody said, or oh, you think I have a problem with lying? <laughs> that wasn't what I said. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and watch Pinocchio today. <laughs> so we've kind of mentioned in a couple different episodes that the freedom groups are, are divided. So the women are with other women and the men are with other men. Can you tell us more about why that is? And I think this is more for new churches that are maybe looking at adding this to their curriculum um, to kind of state this is why it is this way and not to commingle. 
I'll say one thing, and I know you have a, a take on this too. So I will tell you, when we came back from um, Birmingham, we did our first Freedom. We were up in the in student auditorium. It was smaller. We were just, you know, learning and growing. And I said, listen, I think it'd be great if we had a couple's Freedom. I said, I think it'd be really good to try this. So we had mature couples come together with myself and a pastor. We met at our house, and the pastor and I led it. James went through it. And then we had six other couples in there. Now, I'd already seen fruit come from individual men's groups and women's groups going through it the first time. As soon as we got in there, I thought, what's happening? Uh, this is a different feeling. Why is this not going? So every night afterwards, I would be frustrated. I would be like, what am I not doing right, Lord? Help me understand this. And the more I walked through those 12 weeks, I said, now I totally understand why you do it individually for men and women. Because there is not going to be a husband in there, let's say they're dealing with pornography, that is going to sit there and talk about that struggle that they have with not only their wife sitting in there, but all the other wives in there. And I'm going to be looking at him and he's going to think I'm going to be judging him because he has a pornography problem. Or the woman that's in there that says, I don't really enjoy having sex with my husband. I don't know how to have intimacy with my husband. Not only is her husband sitting in there and may have never heard that before, but all the men that are sitting in there, now she has to be uncovered in front of them. So that is why you just don't do it with couples and with marrieds and you want to be able to have an environment that fosters where they can be open and really work their stuff so there's there's two things on that and the first one is with couples i think we got stuff in the couples freedom that you're not going to get in a singles freedom i think there were uh, items that got kind of revelational about the couple dynamic because i know that we're sitting there as couples with and these are people we've known for a long time some of the stuff you got was revelational hmm. it's like hmm, okay well or you saw the dynamic of how they worked like yeah. one didn't talk one talked when normally on the outside of the world they're a is. talker and you see that dynamic but it's still not the fruit it's there's some there's still fruit to get from that the uh, the singles, what, yeah, whether it's pornography, whether it's finances, uh, most people aren't going to talk about their finances in front of their partner, right. especially if they're blowing it. Uh, or other couples. It, that's the second part of that is, ooh, what's everybody going to think? Whereas if you're with men or if you're with women, it, it's not like we're not all going through the same thing right. on some level, right. right? So maybe my problem's not porn, it's finances or it's gambling or it's this or it's that. Um, it's more of a safe environment just because you don't have to uh, admit something to an opposite sex that you really wouldn't do in a public setting. And I would say, so. too, that as we're talking about this and we've brought up different topics, one of the common things that people have come up to me and said is, I'm not an addict. I don't gamble. Mm -hmm. I don't have a drinking problem. I don't have a drug problem. Um, I don't have a spending problem. So I really don't need to go through this. So my biggest desire is for people to understand all the labels of problems out there that people hear and see most um, commonly that's not what this is it helps in that but it's not to take the place of let's say AA we still come alongside of that and we want you to be in AA and we want you to go through freedom because that deals with the if with that issue possibly 
alongside of that with AA. But if you don't have those issues, you still go through this because God is still going to reveal all the things that we've gone through in life, whether it be from your childhood, whether it be from something in your teenage years, whether it be something that you're now in your married life dealing with um, how to communicate. Um, so it's not just one of those problems, quote unquote, why I need to take freedom. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at communication, but I am working on my communication with my wife. But that just, <laughs> that will be the next. Aren't show, we Kayla. all <laughs> <laughs> something? It was it was it was a week. And I would say we're doing a lot, much better. Uh, it was a good week, but yeah, my uh, I'm uh, I don't like confrontation, right? And I, I it's it's tough, and I'll bury it. And who you know, I think we all know that once you start holding on to something thinking it's not going to be confrontational guess what it just builds and <laughs> yes. it's going to eventually get worse so yes. and um, it has nothing to do with that i didn't take out the trash that one time <laughs> it has absolutely <laughs> it's not nothing about, to do with it's that not about the thing yeah well it is uh that time to wrap up the show um next week alan next week we will be visiting with, again with davin ward to talk about the two trees in the garden two trees in the garden wonderful mm. And uh, so our tradition here is to have um, our guests pray us out. Uh, y'all can tag team that. Y'all can split it up however y'all want to do it. If just one person, but yeah, if y'all could, if someone could pray us out, we'd appreciate. Let's it. tag team that. I, I love to hear my wife pray. My wife is a warrior from the word go. What I can tell you is, if there's men, in, she she's very honorable. She knows where she leads and where she doesn't. But I can guarantee you, if it's not being led, she will. Right on. All right, darling. Thank you. You all are start? cute. I tell you what. <laughs> I hope to be there one day. I see the day. looks you guys are giving uh, each other. <laughs> so, yeah, I can start. And you close? Got it. Okay. So, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day that you've created for us. Thank you just for these two men that have created and started this podcast to not only talk about freedom, but just to talk about many subjects out there that people really need to hear. And I just pray that there's a rippling effect through the airwaves that people receive and glean and grow and prosper through all of these messages, Lord. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the ministry of freedom. Thank you for um, Elevate Life Church and allowing us to have that ministry. And that I pray that each and every person not only that has gone through freedom but all those that have come for freedom just receive what the lord has for them and that they walk out of there knowing that they are better and that they have a stronger relationship with the lord and that they are growing and living and that, that they have the light emulating through them that other people can see and they want a part of that as we advance the kingdom together and lord there's not too much else i can add to that prayer but I ask that you watch over our leaders of our church. Yes. You watch over the leaders of our freedom ministry. Yes, you watch over the leaders of this podcast, Father, because as we continue to help people get better, as your name becomes amplified, as we do everything according to you, we know that the attacks are going to come. So I ask that you watch over us not only with your hedge of protection, but with a ready sword, Father, to strike down the devourer at every turn, Father. Help us to be everything you've called us to be in every way. Thank you for your love and your kindness and your grace and your mercy because we need it. Yes. Father, we're just grateful in Christ's holy name. Amen. 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 Well, I was just thinking, uh, this typically is a, a podcast for men. Um, you are the first female that we've had on as a guest. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Go warrior so us. Yeah, right on. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, we really are grateful and honored. Thank you for uh, bringing uh coming on and talking about freedom because i think that all four of us know in this room that how important it is yeah and uh 
if you are not signed up with two weeks before. So what's the date? To- so we start the week of August 16th. So we will launch in person for signups the two weekends before, before the 9, after the 9, before the 11, and after the 11. But don't wait. Get signed up because we do have them close out at 10 people per group. Right on. And if there's any other churches that are interested, uh, I will put some information for you to contact either Jennifer or we'll find a way of getting you contacted to uh, Lake of the Highlands, which is an amazing uh, church as well. Uh, and from then, guys, I really appreciate y'all coming Thank on. You. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank, Thank you, you both so much. It was an honor. Yeah, absolutely.